Welcome to the Birth Lounge Podcast, an empowering space for expecting and new parents to hear candid conversations with experts, support your mental health, and learn the tips and tricks that thousands of parents have used to craft their ideal birth. We will answer all of your questions, the scary ones and the weird ones, to help calm your fears and feel confident going into your birth. I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. With almost 10 years of experience in family education and a master's degree in human development and family studies, I created this podcast as a way to share information so parents can make educated and informed decisions about their care during pregnancy and childbirth. This is a birth community driven by evidence-based information and research in hopes to help you explore your options, understand your rights, and know what choices you have along the way. I'm your host, Hee Hee. Now let's get to the good stuff. You guys, it is such a gorgeous day here in Boston. I am out in my yard, so you may hear some cars in the background or some wild teenagers revving their engines, that sweet, sweet city life of people being wild. All right, you guys, I'm so excited to dive into today's episode. It is such a good talk, and it's something that so many people want to slough off and not give a lot of attention to but you can't you can't do it and that topic is self-care and it gets a really bad rap so don't write me off don't turn off these speakers just yet give me just 30 more seconds to explain to you why exactly we're going to talk about self-care and I am not talking about renting a hotel for yourself for the weekend. I am not talking about a $250 massage. I am not talking about taking off every Friday in the summer so that you can get facials. I'm not talking about any of that. I am talking about how can we truly, truly find time that already exists in your schedule to give back to yourself to help refuel yourself. Well, I am stoked to have on Karina Skabinski, who is an occupational therapist based in mental health, motherhood, and also the host of What About the Mama podcast. Karina's work is designed to inspire mamas to shift the focus from all about the baby to themselves. Even if it's just like, say, during a podcast episode, I don't know, and to use self-care as a modality to rediscover your intuition. Now, when it comes to motherhood, there is an overabundance of information and Karina's mission is to empower mamas to not only educate themselves, but to also trust that intuition that we're rediscovering. Your intuition should be a guiding light in this motherhood journey. Through practicing self-care, you can actually tap into your intuition and bring yourself more confident, ease, enjoyment. You can truly enjoy parenting. And Karina strongly believes that self-care isn't just face masks and massages, especially as mothers, especially as primary parents too. It also is about setting boundaries and communicating your needs, although a massage is super nice every once in a while. So self-care for new parents is in the name of the game today, my friends. 
Karina is going to help us recognize and identify your needs as a new parent. We're going to dive into the sticky topic of mom guilt, and we're also going to give you tangible steps of how you can give yourself the time and space to check out and totally refuel yourself without adding extra things to your to-do list. So Karina, welcome to the show. Hi, Hihi. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm geeking out because I'm so excited to have you on the show. I followed you forever on Instagram. And um, I think today we're going to open up a lot of people's eyes to a lot of different things, particularly self-care as parents and in particular um, primary parents, right? So not always mom. I want to have a healthy recognition that it's not always female identifying gestational parents who are the primary parents in the home. But today we're going to be talking a lot about primary parents, those those people who may not get to leave their home and their full-time job is taking care of the kids in the home because your partner maybe does the work or leaves the home or has a job outside of the home. You know, during 2020, it's not necessarily outside of the home, but just in a different room with the door shut <laughs> as if they were outside of the home. Um, and, you know, when I first started Tranquility by Hehe five years ago, mm-hmm. I had, so I'm a luxurious person. I think people should just know that about me. I'm very bougie. I love to be pampered. Like living a luxurious lifestyle (laughs) is totally my thing. I love it. I thought I'll just bring a spa to pregnancy. And that was my tagline for the longest time was we bring a spa-like birthing experience to you. And it was wonderful. And people loved it. And we really did achieve that. But then I began to realize it is more than just making pregnancy luxurious. We had to focus in postpartum as well. So then we just started to say, we're going to bring this spa-like experience to your whole birth experience. Okay. That was awesome too. And then as we grew and I learned more and I mean, life evolved, right? 2020 just hit us in the face like a sack of bricks. I quickly mm-hmm. learned that self-care gets a really bad rap. It gets a really nasty name because people often associate it with only getting your nails done or going to get a massage or having a night in a hotel by yourself. And it doesn't always look like that. And that's not always feasible. And that's not always doable for certain families. So today I am thrilled, beyond thrilled to talk about reasonable Mm self-care, having healthy boundaries where you really do carve out that time for you time. And then Mm -hmm. also, you know, um, we kind of talked about this before the podcast got, got started, but I think it's such BS that we call a shower self-care for new parents. And so these are the things we're going to dive in today, you guys. But before we do, Karina, I gave you a formal introduction, but who are you kind of behind closed doors? Who's Karina? (laughs) Okay, hee hee. Well, you know what? I am an occupational therapist full-time. And so that's my full-time job. I work at a psychiatric hospital currently. So I do have a background in mental health. And then I just recently had well, I say just recently, but we celebrated his one-year birthday, so he's almost 14 months, um, but that's pretty just recently, right? <laughs> that first year flies by. I mean, you <sighs> blink, and you're like, oh my god, my child is one. How did that happen? Yeah. 
<laughs> Sometimes I just like caught him the other day. I caught him like just holding his milk with one bot with one hand, like holding his bottle with one hand, and he was just like, "What's up, mom?" And I'm like, "Who are you?" Learn that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm his mom. I have a ten year old stepdaughter named Lana too, and um, we live in Cincinnati, just kind of living the dream, and yeah. I love it. Okay. Diving right in. Tell us about, well, let's open up with your philosophies on self-care as parents. You, you kind of focus on this and I think you bring a very different perspective than a lot of people to the table. So go ahead and set the stage for us. Kind of what are your thoughts on postpartum or pregnancy? Um, Self-care for parents in these periods of life. Yeah. So this originally stemmed this whole concept of the what about the mama and and what really got me thinking about this journey is just my own personal. So when I had Lenny, I just kind of saw all of these different gaps and confusions and just feeling like I was just kind of figuring all this stuff out in the dark. And so I found like a huge gap or a huge need for self-care for, for new parents. And that's what really got me started on this, on this journey. But I feel like it's just so, and before I had Lenny, I, I thought, you know, I'm never, I, I can't seem picture myself be the type of mom that, um, you know, like wants to stay home with the baby and like um, take care of myself. I feel like I was, I, I, I had this mentality that I was going to bounce back, like right back to the things that I was doing beforehand. And so it was just like a big shocker for me to, to, see how many changes that we go through. So, um, you know, like before Lenny, I was like, oh, you know, taking care of myself is not going to be something that's, that's challenging or a struggle for me. Cause I find, I know the importance of self-care. I know all of this, I know all the things and then it happened. <laughs> and then I realized what a conscious effort it has to be to take care of yourself and how much trust goes into really just not only trusting yourself, but also the people that are taking care of your baby as you know, you have that time for yourself, whatever that may look like. And so those are a few of the big things that kind of jumped out at me initially during this process. So what were some of those gaps that you're talking about? What did you get into postpartum and be like, goodness gracious, I certainly wish somebody had warned me about that. Yeah. I just, I just feel like you know, like initially there just isn't a lot of support for moms. And so to me that, to me that kind of, I read that as, okay, if there's not a lot of support, then I guess this is just something that people figure out on their own and, and just kind of like go through it. If there's no support, then I guess people don't need support. (laughs) So I just kind of saw that. Um, And just the, the fact that, you know, I, after having a, after having Lenny, my first um, appointment was six, that six weeks checkup, which for me, because time just kind of blended together and I didn't know what day of the week or what time it was, I, I didn't see my OBGYN until like almost nine weeks postpartum. Yeah. <laughs> and then she cleared me and I just kind of went about my day and she said everything was fine and good. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> but now what? So that was the big, that was like the big, you know, the big eye opener for me to see that. And 
it's just not. And then, you know, I also feel like subconsciously that's something that I carry with myself too, that I did carry with myself. Like I would just kind of like go through the motions of kind of maybe taking care of myself. Like for example, I take a shower and um, just put some makeup on, kind of put on a cute outfit a friend was coming over, but really like on the inside, I was feeling so fragile and like, I was just kind of on autopilot with that self-care. It reminds me of that, um, that social media, like trend that's going around on TikTok where it's like, I'm dead, but I'm alive. I'm dead, but I'm alive. I'm dead on the inside, but I'm alive. Right. And you're, <laughs> like, I feel like that so perfectly describes so many new parents where they're like, I'm actually dead on the inside. I look fine on the outside, but I'm dying on the inside. Okay. So Talk to us about what got you through that. What kind of clicked in your head where you were like, this is not working. Something's got to change. You know, I think what, when it, when it really clicked for me was when I, when I started to realize that Lenny was his own person, I think that was a big realization and it sounds so simple when I say it out loud, but when you carry a baby for nine months and then you have this baby and if your breast, whether you're breastfeeding, you know, that kind of makes, it it really made Lenny feel like he was still just like, we were still like a a bundle, you know? (laughs) And then once I started to realize that he was his own person, I think it was probably like eight or nine months in that I would catch these glimpses of being like, oh, okay, so he's over there doing his, his thing and he's totally fine. Or, um, you know, he's, he's spending time with our nanny, like, and he's totally fine and happy. And so I don't, I feel like that kind of lessened the burden of, of that. I don't want to say burden, but like lessen that like constant, um, feeling of being connected, I guess, if that makes sense. And so once, that happened that's when I kind of started to be like okay he's his own person and I'm I'm my own person too um I still have things that I like to do that make me me you know so that's kind of when I started to realize that's when I started to incorporate some of those self-care things and it didn't feel like I was just going through the motions or it didn't feel like it was just subconsciously something that I had to do I really just kind of started enjoying those self-care things and is there any piece of you that feels like if you had maybe come to this realization a little bit earlier that the self-care piece could have actually helped your postpartum be a little bit easier I think so absolutely I think just being aware of that I think just being aware and just not assuming regardless of of your your background or whether or not you think that you're going to struggle with this Um, because again I was somebody that I was just like oh no I know importance of self-care you know so yeah so I guess that's when I started to kind of see that it must have been so hard to to do for eight or nine months not having that self-care and and really not having that separation or that space to be separated from your baby, right? And if if you're a listener and, and you've not had a baby yet, you probably are thinking, what the heck, what kind of mom would want to be separated from your baby? But let me <laughs> tell you, you will reach a point 
where you are done hearing their cries. You have reached a point where you're going to turn into a diaper if you change another diaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are going to reach the point where if one more person reaches for your nipple, you're going to chop your nipple off and just <laughs> hand it to them, right? Like you have these spaces as a parent, a primary parent, you know, primary parents for sure have this where you just need a dang minute to yourself. So talk to us about once you had this realization, how did you start to take these minutes for yourself? How did you start to carve out that time? And what were you doing with your time, right? Because it obviously didn't look like skirting off to go get a massage once a week. So what does that simple self-care around the house look like when you still have a baby? Sure. And I, you made such a good point about, um, you know, all moms, I think, or all all caregivers reach that point of just feeling like they just want to step back. And that does not make you a bad caregiver or a bad mom. Like I love Lenny to death. Like I, he just, of course, he's my son and I love spending time with him and I love snuggling with him. But there are times, you know, where I just have to, I reach my limit and I know when that is and I can step back and just sort of recharge and revamp. And yeah, that's totally 100% okay. Like the, those feelings are 100, 100% valid. And so I, I like that you said that. I, I think that's, that's really important because sometimes I think there's guilt around those feelings and being like, oh, if the guilty feelings just make it all so muddled and messy, but it's fine. It's totally fine. Well, I think there's a respect too that your baby is human and you cannot expect two humans to get along all the time forever. (laughs) I mean, you don't expect that from you and your partner. You don't expect it from you and your parents. You don't expect it from coworkers, your neighbor, your siblings, your best friend, your teenagers. We don't even expect it from our children. We don't even expect it in toddlerhood, right? So like, why would we think that for the first year, you're going to get along with your baby every single day, every single waking moment. And then they hit one years old and you're like, oh, well, it's okay now that we like don't get along. That is crazy, <laughs> right? Like your baby is human too. And I love that you point out you guys are separate beings and you have to find your your dynamic. There's going to be an energetic match that the two of you can vibe at. And it's okay if you don't vibe some days. It's all right. You're not absolutely. So important to say. And yeah, that was a big realization for me too, that once I was able to see that and validate those feelings, I felt a lot better handling them. And I think also one of the things that really helped me, I think, and it's so important is just to, when you're thinking about how to incorporate more self-care into your day, especially initially, um, first, just don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. <laughs> and also just think about even just think about or reflect on the things that you really like to do prior to baby, like what is something that makes you feel like you? That's like one of my favorite questions to ask my guests on the podcast, because it's really neat to see that because I feel like oftentimes our roles as moms consume everything, everything. That's how you initially think of yourself as like, I am Lenny's mom or whatever. So I think it's really important just to spend some time reflecting and journaling and and thinking about if you're not a big journaler, what are the things that you like to do beforehand, before becoming a mom? And then how can you, and then you can start to think about how to incorporate 
those things into your day. And even if it's like, for example, like I used to love hiking back in the day, like I would go on these long runs where now I think about it, I'm just like, that's not me. However, (laughs) that's not, that's not the point, but like, you know, now I take that. So because I don't have all that time or energy or even desire to like run out in the woods for a certain number of hours, I will think about like the feelings that I really liked during that activity. And then how can I incorporate some of those feelings into my day now? So for example, like when I would go out for a a trail run, it would be feelings of calm, centeredness, being out in nature. I love that stuff. And so now I incorporate those feelings in a daily walk with Lenny every day after work, whether it's like 10 minutes, whether it's 20, whether it's an hour, it's just like, I still get those same senses and the same feelings as I did when I was running trail running. And so it's just first thinking about what it is that you like to do and then breaking it down and thinking about those feelings that brought that, that activity brought to you. And then thinking about how to incorporate just, just even just little teeny weeny steps. Like I'm all about that 1% mindset. Like what, what can you do 1% better today than you did yesterday? And so just really just doing that and just understanding that it'll it'll take some time too, and just being patient with the process, because as a mom, it's just kind of like I, I have, and I didn't realize this either, that you have a completely new identity, like a completely new facet. It's amazing. And so you just, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And it's important just to be kind and just patient with yourself. Yeah, it's a new you, right? Like we we always see the quote about like, you know, when a baby is born, a mother is born as well. And that could not be more true. Like that is so utterly true. So I would be so remiss if I didn't at least ask you, all right, you're one year in, you're 14 months in, what makes you feel like you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that question. I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is the podcast. Like I created this little side project to just have something that I can do on the side where I connect with awesome people and they're doing awesome things and I can chat with them. And really that is what makes me feel like me lately. And then also yeah. cooking. I love to cook without interruption. <laughs> Lenny likes to try to help, but um, yeah, cooking is, is a big thing of mine too. And then the podcast, I think those are the two things that really make me feel like me. That is awesome. I love it. Okay. We talked about, or you had mentioned conscious effort. What do you mean by that? Do you mean just getting in at least one minute of self-care a day, no matter what the cost? Does that mean putting it on your calendar intentionally? And then if you don't get to it, oops, you don't get to it. What does conscious effort mean? What do you mean by that? I think it's, I really don't like to set like boundaries or like strict, like, yes, you need to have a minute a day because I feel like that brings in a whole more, a whole sense of pressure and obligations and then feeling of stress and anxiety if you don't reach that. So, but I do think it's important to just be conscious and aware of awareness is like the first step in, in understanding anything. So it's just kind of thinking about giving yourself some space to think about like, when is the last time or how am I feeling and really just checking in 
to that, that's one of the big things. Uh, one of the best things I've learned from going to therapy, which I also highly, highly, highly recommend anybody go, is asking myself what I need. So that's what my therapist brought up one day. She was like, so what do you need? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what do I need? Like, what do you mean? What do I need? I'm always like thinking about everybody else around me. What do they need? What do they need? And so when she asked me that, I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to chew on that for a little bit and just really tune in and, and figure out what it is that you need. So even just having like a practice like that is conscious effort. And then figuring out how much you do need and, and just, yeah, having a desire to do the self-care, but also having that, that space to not be strict or harsh about it either, because then that defeats the purpose. So if you are able to do a minute of self-care every day, that's wonderful. If you're not, that's okay too. Let's figure out how to, to do that. And okay. it just depends. So what do we do if we look down and it's been two weeks and you're like, shit, I haven't done self-care in two weeks. Dang it. Now what, right? Do we just keep going? Cause you're like, oh, it's so like, it's worthless now. I haven't even started it. Do we pick it back up? Do you often see people yo-yo like we see with diets? Is self-care the same thing? Is that something we should be aware of as parents of, you know, it's okay for me to yo-yo. I'm, I'm making forward steps. Every day that you do self-care is better than every day you didn't do self-care. And if you do it 20% of the time, then that's great. Maybe next week you can do it 21% of the time and you're still making forward progress. That goes back to your 1%. Um, talk to us about that. Yeah. So first of all, if you do realize, if you do look down and you're like, oh, wow, I haven't taken care of myself in weeks. The first thing that I think is the most important thing to do is just to congratulate yourself for even being aware of that. Just take a second and just be like, yes, okay. I do. I, I am noticing that. And instead of feeling, instead of those feelings of being like, oh man, two, two weeks went by without self-care. What can I do? Right. You know, <laughs> it's like an easy spiral to get into. Just take a second to pat yourself on the back and be like, okay, good. I realized that I need that I need to have more self-care in my in my life and then just pick up where you left off. And I definitely feel like self-care can be seen as like phases. So maybe there are some phases some phases where you really need a lot more self-care, maybe something going on in your life that causes you to have stress or 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 something that, you know, makes you feel like you need more self-care, then there's some time where you can kind of just lessen off and you might need a little bit of less self-care to just feel balanced or feel equal or whole. And so it's just all about awareness and all about just being kind to yourself once you do have that awareness and just pick up where you left off. There's no right or wrong. I was just about to say, and finding what works for you, because there's no right or wrong when it comes to this, right? It doesn't have to be 20 minutes. Maybe 20 minutes is too much for you. It doesn't have to be yoga. It doesn't have to be meditation or journaling. It could be literally anything that you want it to be. Absolutely. You're absolutely 100% right. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I'm such a huge fan of journaling. I love journaling, but I also understand that's not for everybody totally fine. If that's not your thing, just think about, it all really goes back to feelings and think about how you want to feel. And then what are some things that you can do 
to kind of get those feelings because there is no right or wrong. And some, and I do go through phases where like there's some, uh, there's like some days or whatever where I will journal constantly, maybe even a couple times a day. And then I go through phases where it's like, oh man, I haven't, it's been a couple of weeks and I haven't picked up a pen in my paper because I like to do it that way. And that's okay. I'll just pick it up and just kind of start, start back to what it is, you know, get back to journaling. And yeah, I think it's really important to remember that there's just no right or wrong and there's no like set time that you need or, you know, just kind of go with the flow. And it ebbs and flows as does your life, right? So you can probably look back and see that the times that you didn't journal, you were busier, right? You didn't have that conscious effort because your brain power was taken up by the additional things going on in your life or your children's life or your partner's life or your work life, right? I think if we took the conscious effort to look at patterns in our life, which I'm a huge fan of and I preach on all the time, but people don't seem to believe in the power of patterns like I do. If you look back, you guys, it will give you so much information about yourself, about your life, about your mental health health about you as a human 100% I just recently started read a book that introduced me to the concept of cycles and, um, period. <laughs> and how it's like and I'm not that big of a woo person but and how like the cycles kind of match up with the moon and how there's certain period phases of rest and there's certain phases of energies and growth and how there are certain phases of and it's amazing like my mind is just blown with that and so now I kind of maybe just spend a little bit just being more aware of like how I'm feeling and am I feeling ready to go or am I feeling like I need to have a, a break and that's just something that I recently started practicing and it's been wonderful yeah it's really cool when you look at patterns. So so funny that you bring that up. Um, tracking my menstrual cycle is actually where my love for patterns came from. Through that, I, I literally cannot even begin to tell you how many patterns I have picked up on in my own life. Um, but specifically around my menstrual cycle, I actually make my calendar based on my menstrual cycle. I know when my ebbs and my flows are. I know when I'm going to have harder days. And for the most part, so I usually I'll, I'll be like, okay, this should be a hard day. So I'm going to block off these three days. I promise you it works. I am pretty much always spot on. It is one of those three days, right? Obviously you have to account for the fluctuation in your hormones that it's not going to be an exact day every single month, but for the most <clears throat> part, for the most part, being able to like track your menstrual cycle and stuff is how I have really transformed my business. It truly has been able to do that. I also um, keep a kind of a score of my mental health on certain days throughout my menstrual cycle. And so I have been able to be utterly aware of when I'm being super sensitive or maybe when I'm being a little snappy, um, you know, and when, when my hormones might be impacting my joyfulness that I bring to the room. Um, I, I, I have such a good handle on that. And it all started with tracking my menstrual cycle um, and, and really finding too that, you are correct. The um, moon and stuff has pull on that. So I actually do recognize that there have been some instances where my mood or my anxiety will spike at different points in the astrological calendar. It is just, it's very fascinating. And, you know, 
you don't have to be woo, but when you look at it and you see the facts, it is almost undeniable. And it really is humbling to bring us back to like, wow, we are very energetic beings. And like, we actually are super, we are way more connected than any of us want to admit to one another and to the earth. You are inspiring me so much right now, Hee Hee. I love it. It's. I'm telling you, I love it. It, it blows my mind. It's wild. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, I just downloaded this app, just like a basic app that I use to kind of track my, my cycle too. And that's where it's, that's kind of where it started. It's just that. So now it's, it's fascinating. It really is. It really is. I mean, hormone health is one of my favorite things outside of the realm of, you know, pregnancy birth, which hormones are very much in involved in that. It's just not a large part of what I do. Um, but for myself personally, I have done a deep dive. I've had, um, the Dutch test, dried urine, um, analysis test to, to look at your hormones over a 24 hour period. And it just really, it, it changed my life to see those patterns. It really did. So going back now that we totally sidetracked period <laughs> talk here, um, but it, it really does all play in. If we took a conscious effort to look at the patterns of our self-care and probably our mental health in that, and then we correlated that with what was happening in our life, you guys, you're going to be mind blown. If you don't already keep up with that stuff, I'm telling you, don't do it standing up. You you need to be sitting down for this because it's going to change your life for real. Okay, so talking about being busy and letting self care kind of um, you know fall to the wayside. What do you what do you say to parents who say they're too busy? or they just can't fit it in because of all the other obligations or yes, yes, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to do it as soon as X, Y, and Z, right? I'm not telling you, no, it'll get done. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry, Karina. I'm going to do it. I just have to do X, Y, and Z first. So I'm going to let you go first because I have very strong feelings on this, but I have a feeling that we could talk all day about this. (laughs) Yes. So the first thing I would say is just go on vacation. No, I'm just kidding. But those people are my favorite because those people are the ones that need it the most. The ones that are just even too busy. They don't even have that awareness around needing self-care. It's really, self-care doesn't have to be something that you have to add into your day. It doesn't have to be something that you have to schedule in. It can really be just kind of blended into your day-to-day, especially those first few weeks of, you know, being a mom, becoming a caregiver. It's, it's so important to just be kind to yourself again and just where can you sprinkle in a couple, a few minutes a day of self-care, whether that's, and it can be as simple as brushing your teeth or showering. I know that we might have some good opinions about this, but especially like in the first few weeks of being a mom, it's really important just to kind of figure out where you can add things into your day that make you feel like you or that you're taking care of yourself. And so, yes, people are very busy and they can't add things to their day, but how, what are, where are some pockets in your day where you can sort of blend self-care and those feelings into what it is that you're already doing. I love that. Okay. So for the shower thing, my strong feelings come from, I want you to get those things every day in those first few weeks, right? It is super important. 
those first few weeks are so temporary. You cannot morph a shower into being long-term self-care. That is not how that works. Mm -hmm. In those first two weeks when you're literally on survival mode, no matter how much you have prepared, those first two weeks are going to be intense. You've got a new baby that needs to be on you all the time, that needs to eat every hour and a half, that needs to have their diaper changed multiple times a day. And that means you're getting broken sleep and you're eating where you can eat. They're just intense, right? Yeah. But after that first two to four weeks, you can no longer call a shower self-care. That is literally just the bare, like whether you had children or you did not have children as a human, you are responsible for bathing your body and being clean for the outside world. And so that is not self-care. That is what I mean by that is don't allow that to morph. Now you can Mm -hmm. combine the two, right? So maybe you're you take 45 minutes or maybe you take an hour shower twice a week and that is your self-care, but that's different than just saying, okay, well, I showered today. So I put back into myself. No, ma'am, you washed your hair because you're a human and you sweat. (laughs) You had other people on you and you walked outside. Like you just washed your body off. Like, any other yeah. animal does as well. So let's not try and classify that as, as self-care, but I totally hear what you're talking about. And in those first few weeks of like, do what you can in the pockets that you have totally in agreement with that. But later down the line, just don't morph it into self-care because you just deserve it as a human. Right. And that's such a good point. And I think it's really important to sort of out delineate that, you know, because be, a shower, just a basic regular shower is not self-care, but how can you blend it? How can you maybe, maybe add more time to it? Maybe give yourself 30 minutes or an hour to really enjoy that shower, or maybe use some really good hair products or a good moisturizer or a good, you know, just kind of like, how can you add, how can you elevate it up a little bit? So it's not just a basic shower. So I think that's really a good point. Huh? And level up. I always love leveling up, right? (laughs) I I live in this constant life of like, all right, where can I level up and how can I level up and when can I level up? Like what in my life am I going to level up? How do I do it? And when can that happen? I Um, love it. So your words, just make your, make the shower a little bougie. Is what we're trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone deserves a bougie shower. Um, But yeah, I love the idea of finding those pockets and then leveling that up to incorporate your self care in the places that you already have in your schedule. I also want to remind you that you know, you're worth it, right? Like you do a lot for your family. Um, it's kind of a joke around their house, but that it, it stemmed from, again, TikTok, I'm going back to social media, but you know, the Kardashian clips where she says, um, this entire family would not exist if it was not for me. And you're like, actually, that is so true. Like this whole family wouldn't happen without me. So remind yourself of that. You are really everything or almost everything for everybody in your life. So be mindful of that. I always challenge people to look at the rocky places in your life 
And then, oh, here I am talking about patterns again. But then I want you to think about when do you handle these rocky places in your life? And if you look, I guarantee the rockiest places of your life are correlated with the, with the times that you are most depleted, right? And so if yes. you put back into yourself, you're going to have less time of feeling so depleted. And so if you and your partner only get to talk at the end of the day and every night it ends in a fight, why are you surprised? You're depleted by the end of the day, right? If you're waking up from having been feeding a infant all night long and your toddler runs inside and you're so annoyed with them just right from the minute that you see them that morning, why are you surprised? You are depleted. You got zero sleep, right? It, you have to be looking at these things. You have to be looking at these patterns because it gives us insight into what we can change in your life, how we can change them, and when, I mean, I guess I've circled back to exactly what I'm talking about up leveling. <laughs> when we're thinking about changing the things in your life, we can hit it from multiple angles to make sure that there's less trial and error and we can get you happiness as quick as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now that we understand the importance of self-care and incorporating it into your day and just kind of little pockets here and there throughout the day, I feel like we can talk about mom guilt now Let's and see how it. real it is. <laughs> so real, literally crippling. It, it literally feels paralyzing. Absolutely. So I'm a big, I'm a big fan and a big supporter of mental health days. I feel like if you're able to take a day to yourself and, you know, first of all, that's awesome. And you're lucky. And then second of all, do it. <laughs> but I, this summer, I decided one of the mental health days that I took this summer was, I was like, it was just like a random spur of the moment day. I called into work and I was going to go swimming with one of my friends because she had the day off too. And Lenny's nanny was with us. And so she was taking care of him. But, and so I was like getting my swimsuit and my bag and my snacks. And then I looked over at Lenny and I, and I got this tinge of guilt. And then I thought, the thoughts came pouring in like, oh, well, maybe I can do this instead of do that, go, you know, with my friend or maybe this or, you know, all those guilty feelings just came rushing in. And then I had to just be like, no, Karina, like you can go spend the day with your friend and Lenny will be fine and the house will be fine and everything will be good. I think self-care is, can be seen as selfish too. And I think that's where the kind of where the guilt comes from. A little bit of that guilt comes from that, that's, oh, self-care is so selfish. But when you really think about it, like if you're able to take care of yourself and really show up as your best self, then who benefits from that? The people around you, the people around you are benefiting, benefiting from that. And so that's something that I constantly have to remind myself of too. When I start to get those guilty feelings, those start creeping in is actually, you know, it is good for myself, but then also, and in, in the, it's going to benefit people around me because I'm just going to be in a better mood, more balanced. I'll feel better. Heck yeah. Along the same lines of benefits. I mean, obviously my background is child development. So let's talk about the benefits for your kid. First of all, you're teaching your child flexibility. You're teaching them who they are safe to be with. This other person's going to interact with them. So you're teaching them how to receive care from people who are not you. You are supporting their independence. 
there's going to be a time where you're not around and it's not going to be negotiable. There are going to be things that pop up throughout your life that you have to do. You're obligated to do and your child cannot come with you. And that's okay. There Mm -hmm. is so much benefit. I mean, just the social benefit and the emotional benefit alone of you being separated from your child temporarily in small spurts. I am not talking about going away for a weekend after not having been separated from your three-year-old. I'm literally <laughs> talking about asking, can your child come play at your neighbor's house for three hours while you go walk around Target and sit in Starbucks and look out the window and think about absolutely nothing. That's literally <laughs> where I'm talking about starting. Or, or if that yeah. is too much, I have literally worked with a parent before who said, I'm just going to drive to the end of our street. I'm going to read my book. And if you need me, you know, I'll be home in two seconds. And I was like, you're welcome to even drop back by if you need to drive by, you know, probably be able to see us through the windows, but I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to need you. You need to go and check out. And so that mom guilt, how do you balance that? with actually checking out because so many times we go and sit in our car to read our book and you cannot focus. You read the same page 17 times. You're like, I still don't know who Molly is (laughs) saying it, right? You're like, I don't even know who the people are in this book because you can't concentrate. How do you, how do we reconcile those two things? Practice? Practice. That's exactly what I was going to say is just practice and just being kind to yourself and just being like, you know, not feeling guilt about the feelings of guilt or not feeling a certain type of way about those feelings of guilt, you know, not compounding it and just practice and just, and just taking it easy and taking it slow and practice is the biggest thing that I think. And Karina, do you think that this is such a common thing that you would be okay talking to your friends about it? Or is it hit or miss kind of like birth trauma? So birth trauma is not anything that I recommend people just open up to their friends without kind of feeling things out before, because you never know who had a great birth, who had a terrible birth, and you would hate for someone to come back to you and be like, really? I had a wonderful birth after you're like, I had literally the most traumatic birth in the whole entire world and like, wish I had never done that. Um, right. It's you, we had, we got to figure out where people stand before we open up about that kind of stuff. How is it about mom guilt? I don't know. Um, because I'm not a mom. So I've never, I've never had to fill out the waters before everyone who I talked to about mom guilt has brought it to my attention and said, I'm feeling guilty. And I'm like, Oh sister, you know, you're in good hands here. Let's chat it out. How is it when you go to friends, is it hit or miss or is mom guilt pretty much universal across the board? I think that's something that really can be thought about and planned out in advance is who, who out of your friend circle or your family circle that you can go to, to share these feelings of mom guilt, or who is it that you can call and reach out to when you're feeling like you do need self-care, you know, when you're feeling really run down and just in a rut and that friend or family member can come over and you guys can hang out in your pajamas and you haven't showered for three days and it's totally fine. Like we all need those people, those people, that those people. And so, yeah, so I do think that that's something that's definitely that can be planned and advanced. And I don't know, I guess like I'm, I feel really comfortable talking about mom guilt because we're all people And we all experience feelings and 
you know, it's, it's, I think it's safe to say that maybe we've all been there before too, having those feelings. And so I think that's like a big common denominator among us. So I feel like I'm pretty comfortable and open to talk about those things. I mean, me too. I'm, I feel so comfortable talking about it, but I know that it's hard to talk about. It's hard to bring it up. So if you don't know that person is a safe space, um, I was just wondering, you know, what's the likelihood that they too probably feel mom guilt. And it sounds like probably pretty good. Chances are on your side that probably a friend of yours has, has felt mom guilt before. Right. Uh, um, do you ever experience people being judged for doing self-care? I think you're going to get judged doing whatever you do. <laughs> That's something that I have to practice continuously remind myself and practice of that too. And yeah, like, you know, Self-care can be looked at as selfish and people can judge you about taking time, carving time out of your day to take care of yourself, even though you have a million other things going on and prioritizing taking care of yourself. But when it comes down to it, I think it's just a practice of being comfortable and confident and really knowing what you value and how does self-care support those values so if someone's judging you in a negative way you can still feel confident and hold true to those values and taking care of yourself I love that oh man self-care being selfish I just I don't think I'll ever get it I yeah. don't think I'll ever, I can never get on that train I don't think yeah and one other thing about the benefits of kids of how self-care benefits your kids, I just thought of this, is that like Lenny watches everything that I do. Even though he's only 14 months, like he started to pick up on things and he'll start to mimic me. And so if I'm in a space where I can model prioritizing self-care, that would be, that's an awesome space to be because then they see that importance of that and understand the importance of that. And I think that's a real powerful thing too. So even though he probably doesn't know <laughs> yet, you know, like once he's older, I want to be able to be that model of, for him. What's well, the opposite of what we have, right? So we were, we are having to unlearn that self-care is selfish. We're having to rewire ourselves to put back into ourselves. And you're doing the opposite for Lenny. You're actually hardwiring it into him. So I think that is absolutely beautiful. And oh man, oh man, <laughs> I just love it. You know, again, we talked about this already, but self-care gets a bad rap and it doesn't need to, I'm not sure where that trend took off from and, and you know, it got this really bad rap. I'm not sure where we went wrong, um, but we got to come back from that people because you deserve to put into yourself. Um, your family deserves for you to put into yourself. Um, you know, if you have a job, your employer and your coworkers deserve that you show up a hundred percent for them as well. Um, and you, you deserve it. You deserve a life that you love. You deserve a life that makes you happy in the morning to get up. You deserve a life that in the end of the night and you're turning off your lights, you take a deep breath and you feel joy looking around with what you have and everything that's going on in your life. That is truly, I think, the bottom line, what both Karina and I want for you. It, 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 and it's possible, right? Society Absolutely. has a really ugly way of trying to tell moms that you can't have it all. And I literally cannot say <coughs> when people say, 
You can't have it all. You can have it all. You have to decide what does all mean to you? And do you, can you have it all at the same time? But you can have it all. Do not write off things. You can absolutely have it all. Timing is a big part of it. Your own preferences and what you have you know, strong feelings about have everything to do with it, but you can have it all. And anybody who says that to you, otherwise, girl, you don't need them in your life. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And just kind of really anchoring down to the things that you value the most and just really believing in that and remembering that and those values will be anchored and will guide you along the way. Totally. I think there, you know, we can, we can wrap this whole entire episode up with the fact that um, self-care is really kind of essential for you to be able to do your job as a parent. Um, so if you'll make a mindset shift, a shift in your perspective, yes. um, that it is not really negotiable, but it's a requirement. It's a job requirement for you to be a parent and for you to be able to show up wholly for your family. You literally have to have time to put back into yourself and to recharge your batteries because no one and nothing is ever expected to work with dead batteries. And you, as special as you are, and as much as we love you, you are no different. You cannot <laughs> pour out of an empty cup, right? You you have to recharge your batteries at some point some point. So I really encourage you to change your mindset. When you think about self-care, instead of thinking about it as something for you, I want you to go beyond that a little bit deeper and think it is not really about you. It is about your children. Think about the benefits that your kids get when you put back into yourself. Think about your relationship, your marriage. If you have a spouse, think about how that person will benefit when you can show up fully and wholly and, and, you know, without dead batteries, it is, it's not about you. If making it about you feels not good to you, then make it about your family. Make it about <laughs> And there you go. There you Absolutely. go. And that's all she wrote. All Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Karina, if people wanted to work with you or follow along on your Instagram and um, people, you should really check out her, her podcast. Where can they find all the stuff? Where can they connect with you um, if they want to work with you? How do they, how do we do it? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at whatabout underscore the mama. I, I spend some time there. You can just send me a message on there. Um, that's a really good way to, to connect. I love using that as, as a platform to connect with, with other people. And my website is www.whataboutthemama.com. That's where you can find me as well. Listen to the podcast. And my podcast is called What About the Mama? And you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a few of the other places. And so you can find me on there too. But I would love to hear from you. If you even if you just want to say hi, send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Definitely say hi, you guys. Karina is the absolute greatest. She's, she's so much fun. All right, guys. Thank you so, so much for joining in with us today. Karina, thank you for this amazing conversation. I feel so inspired. I'm going to like go and conquer the world today. I feel <laughs> like after this conversation, you guys, 
make sure that you're pouring back into yourself. You're no good to yourself or your family. If you have dead batteries, um, chunk those old batteries and get some new batteries in there. Make a conscious effort to actually pour back into yourself. And remember that it's okay if you and your baby don't get along every day, <laughs> yeah. all day long for the whole first year of their life. You're not a bad mom. Mm -hmm. Surprise. You are human. It turns out. I know we've, been, <laughs> we've all been trying to fake it from you and then hide it from you. But it turns out you are human and it's okay. You are still a good mom. Karina, again, thank you very much. Happy Tuesday, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly do value this community and I love hanging out with you. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who might also find this information helpful. I'd love to hear what you have to say and read your sweet words on iTunes. You can leave us a review and this helps get this information into the hands of parents who might also benefit from hearing it. If you're interested in joining The Birth Lounge, you can go to thebirthlounge.com. Our blog is linked there. You can find all sorts of free information as well as how to get your access to The Birth Lounge. You can always hang out with me on Instagram as well, at Tranquility by Hehe. Until then, stay educated, stay supported, stay confident. Hey there, just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast. Side effects may include educated adults, informed decision-making skills, and consensual care. Tranquility by Hehe and the Birth Lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast. The birth parent deserves all the credit.